Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot-tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with three locations, 1303 East County Road 200 South in Danville, 7410 West U.S. 36 in Danville, and 2238 West U.S. Highway 36 in Danville. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 31. 31- 745-2700 or by going to their website hawkeyestorageunits.com This is Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger. Alan is a Hendricks County native who talks with your favorite entertainers. Sights and Sounds is sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. And now your host Alan Kiger. I'm sitting here talking today with uh, Richard Sturban of the Oak Ridge Boys. Richard, how are you today? Well, and I am doing fine. It's certainly a pleasure for me to be able to talk to you and to your fine listeners out there. Well, thank you. I, I've got quite a few questions. I read your book uh, from Elvis to Elvira, and uh, what a, what a book that was. Um, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And I'm, I'm going to start off with something here. I I'm going to read you part of something you wrote in there that talks okay. about Elvis and talks about how great thou art. And I kind of okay. wanted to touch on that first. Um, I'm, I'm just going to quote what you said. It said, I've never had a religious experience on stage like the one I had each night when Elvis sang How Great Thou Art. While being in his presence or on his stage was mesmerizing. More than any other time when he sang that song, I have to admit that it could really... I can really feel the spirit move move me more so than it did with any other traditional gospel show. When he'd look heavenward and sing the words, I could almost see Jesus appearing in the clouds. It was so emotional as he sang it, and it was clear that he believed and loved what he was singing. coming from a gospel background um, how much did that song really influence you later in life or you know have have you compared that experience to other experiences well well, it it really was a special time and and I I tried to illustrate how important gospel music was to Elvis you know 
I only spent about a year and a half, you know, working with Elvis when I was with JD and the Stamps. Uh, but I did get to know him some. I had a chance to, you know, hang out with him just a little bit. And even though he was the king of rock and roll, and he certainly was, I really believe down deep in his heart, you know, he, you know, he loved gospel music. Gospel music was his favorite music. And, and some of my fondest memories of, of being around Elvis involved singing gospel songs. Every time, every, it seemed like every every day almost when we were on the road touring, he would try to find a, a piano somewhere and he'd expect all of us in the stamps to kind of get around the piano with him. And we, we would sing gospel quartet songs. He loved the black spirituals too, you know, and, and he just loved gospel music. And I think that, that kind of went back to his childhood. You know, he was raised in a Christian home. His mother especially taught him right from wrong, you know, and, and that, that's the kind of thing that sticks with you when you become an adult. And and, uh, and, and I tried to describe that there in my book, you know, to, re to really convey how special it was when he sang a gospel song. You could tell that he really did believe what he was singing about and, and, and it, it was something that you could feel. And so, yeah, it did, it did affect me very, very much. So, you know, that, there's no question about it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to the members of my group. Uh, first of all, Mr. J.D. Sumner of the Stamps Quartet. And this is the other bass singer. His name is Rich. Rich. Okay. Um, when you left Elvis and went on to be with the Elk Ridge Boys, I, I read in there, you know, it was a it was a struggle for a little while. You guys meeting ends. I think people don't realize. I think people just think you just get up and one day you decide you're going to be in a band and you're going to be successful and life's going to be great. But uh, it took a long time. When I read in there, you know, you worked with uh, you had the opportunity to work with Johnny Cash, and he kind of helped you along a little bit. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? I'd be glad to. You know, uh, it's quite often, you know, when you travel in life, you know, there's, you, you reach certain milestones where you you uh, run into people that are, I, I believe, the good Lord above places those people in your path to help you and guide you along your your, your way, and that is certainly the case with Johnny Cash. You know, uh, back when we were a struggling group, you know. Uh, Johnny, Johnny and June, both his wife, they kind of took us under their wing, so to speak. You know, Johnny put us on some of his shows. He actually paid us more money, believe it or not, than we were worth back then. Uh, but but it, it, he did that to kind of help us, to help keep us going, you know, to keep us surviving, so, you know, to, so, you know, some better things could come along. And, 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 and you know, one thing I'll, I'll never forget about Johnny Cash is he always paid us more money than what he agreed that he would pay us. You know, there was a contracted amount. You have to sign a contract, of course. And whenever he would pay us, he always gave us more money than what the contract called for. I guess 
a tick, if you wanted to put it that way. But you know, but 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 that's the kind of person Johnny Cash was. But you know, more so than his financial help or his words of encouragement. You know, that that probably meant more than anything else. I remember one time when we were playing in Las Vegas, uh, and uh, we were we were we were struggling a lot. Other than those dates that we had booked with Johnny Cash, we had no other dates booked, and we didn't know how we were going to stay together. And, and Johnny Cash kind of he could sense that, and so he called us all up one afternoon before our show that night, and he said, "Fellas, <clears throat> come up to my room. I'm going to talk to you guys." So we all went up to Johnny Cash's room, and uh, he, he said, "Fellas." He said, I can tell your heads are hanging. I can tell you're, you're discouraged. He said, but I want what I want you guys to do. He said, I want you to find a way to stay together. He said, there's something very special about you guys. He said, but if you give up, no one else will ever know how special you guys are. And if you give up, you will never realize your dreams. He said, so what, what I want you to do is to try to find a way to stay together. He said, I will help you all that I can. He said, but it's still going to be up to you guys. You guys, you guys got to find a way to do it. He said, now, I, I promise you that if you will find a way to stay together, good things will start happening to you guys. He says, you have my word on that. You know, and so, I, you know, I do remember walking out of that meeting with Johnny Cash, you know, instead of our heads hanging, you know, we were up, we were, our heads were up high. I remember saying to each other, wow, if Johnny Cash thinks we can make it, we are going to make it. And, you know, to make try to make this long story a little shorter, we did find, obviously find a way to stay together. And good things did start happening to us. You know, we met our manager, Jim Halsey, who is still our manager today. Jim kind of took the bull by the horns. He signed us to our first recording contract with ABC Dot, which then became MCA Records. We, we acquired Ron Chansey as our producer. We started having his records. And it seemed like just a few years later, after that meeting with Johnny Cash, we won our first CMA award as Vocal Group of the Year. And I'll never forget this. Uh, we were at the award show that night. They announced our name as winners of Vocal Group of the Year. We we ran up on the stage instead of going to the podium on stage left to accept our award we ran to the podium on stage right where johnny cash was standing because he was hosting the show and we all ran over there we hugged his neck and I, i'll never forget you know he, he said see fellas and i needed that big booming <laughs> voice he said see fellas i told you so <laughs> so so you know i really believe there would not be an oakland's voice today if it wasn't for the help that we received from Johnny Cass. That's just incredible. Uh, it's, it's neat hearing stories like that. Um, I went through a lot of your uh, stuff that uh, Sandy sent to us in a press package, and I'm going to see if I can get this right. Uh, you guys have over $41 million in sales. I believe, you, I believe you're, that's correct, yes. Uh, Twelve gold albums. I believe that is also correct. Uh, three platinums and one double platinum. Uh, five Grammy Awards. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I've got, I've, uh, I could go down to my den and count them, but I think you're right. <laughs> uh, nine. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to go through my notes here. Nine GMA Dove Awards. 
in a Main Street Artist of the Year award at the ICM Awards. Yeah, that, yeah that, all of that is true. You know, we, we've been very fortunate. We've been very blessed. You know, we have, we've had such a great career. The good Lord above has been very good to the Oak Ridge Boys. And yes, we have had we, we've had the opportunity to do so many great things throughout our career. You know, and and and, and I and when I think back on all the awards that we've received and all the great things that have happened to us, probably the greatest thing you know that comes at the top of the list happened about three and a half, almost four years ago now, when we were inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. You know, what a special thing that was. When you look at the Country Music Hall of Fame, and you look at the people who are in the Country Music Hall of Fame, you know, we were, I've already talked about Elvis. You know, Elvis is in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Johnny Cash, who I've already talked about, he is in the Country Music Hall of Fame. You know, George Jones, you know, uh, Dolly Parton. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And for the Oak Ridge Boys to be a part of that great family of artists, it is such a tremendous honor. You know, it, it's beyond words. You know, so so out of all the great things that have happened to us, I would have to say that you know, being inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame comes at the very top of the list. That's pretty special to know. Uh, I'm going to ask you, when, when you guys came out with the song Elvira, did you know right away that was going to be a hit? That it was going to cross over? And, you know, I'm... I'm almost 52, and at that time in my life, I wasn't a big country music fan. You know, that's what my dad listened to. You know, so you listen to it, and a song like that comes out, and everybody likes it. You know, it doesn't matter whether you like country or rock. What a great song, and what a great voice you have on that. Did you know it was going to be a huge hit? Well, you know, we when we first heard the song, you know, the song was written by Dallas Fraser, who's actually, he's a neighbor of ours. You know, we all live in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Dallas Fraser lives next time, just north of here in, in Gallatin, Tennessee. And, you know, he wrote that song many, many years ago, you know, and, and, and there's a great story in, in, about that song. And, and that's something people do not realize, you know, uh, the song was actually written about a street in Nashville. And, and Dallas Frazier was actually driving one day. Uh, and he came across the street sign in East Nashville. It's called Elvira Street. And the, the, the name Elvira just, you know, I've never written a song. But just usually, anytime I've ever talked to songwriters, they see something in real life which kind of triggers something in their brain. And they, make, they start writing about it. And, and that's what happened at Dallas Fraser, you know, he saw the street sign and he started, he wrote the chorus to Elvira, my heart's on fire for Elvira. Uh, but, you know, there was not enough of a song there just with the chorus. So when he got home, he, he, he wrote the rest of the song. He wrote verses which involved a woman, you know. So so when you listen to the song, it sounds like it's being written about a lady. But he got the original inspiration to write the song from a street sign in East, East Nashville called Elvira Street. You know, that's a story that most people do not know. But to, to, to answer your question, when we first heard the song, we first heard Dallas Frazier's original version of it. You know, we thought it was a great, Ron Chancey, our producer, thought it would be a great song for 
us to do. He played it for us, and we all thought it was a great song. We thought we really had, we thought, you know, this is probably something that we have been looking for. And I remember when we got into the studio that day, you could sense that it, it was going to be a hit. You know, all the musicians were smiling, everyone was having fun. The song went down very, very easily. We took it, we got it in about two or three takes. We got it pretty quickly. And so we felt like we had something special on our hands. But I don't think we realized how special the song was or how big it was going to become until the very first time we performed the song in person. And I'll never forget this. We were in Spokane, Washington, playing at a place there called the Opera House. And, you know, it was the first day, the first, our date after our recording the song, and the first night of a West Coast swing that we were going to do. And right in the middle of the show, we did not say a word, we decided to try out some of the new songs that we had just finished recording, including Elvira. When we sang Elvira, the place just came unglued, if I could put it that way. The people went crazy. And we, right in the middle of the show, we had to encore that song several times. I've lost, you know, it happened so long ago, I've lost track of exactly how many times we had to encore the song. But it was several times, I do remember that. And then, at the end of the show, we did it again, and we had to encore it at the end of the show. And, and we realized that day, from that response from the audience, that we really did have something special on our hands. The rest of that West Coast trip, we got a, a very a very similar response. So we called our record label and we said, we do have something special on our hands. We've got to get this thing out. And of course, we got it out and it you know became the, you know, the biggest record the Oak Ridge Boys have ever had. It's our signature song. It's the song that people recognize us by. And you can count on the fact when we come to Indiana, it will be on the show. You'll definitely hear me do giddy up, boom, pop, boom, pop, <laughs> That's just exciting news. Uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to Elvira and uh, let our fans listen to that. Elvira. 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 We're back now. We just listened to Elvira. Uh, Richard, I'm going to hit a couple more songs here. Maybe uh, just because I'm thinking of uh, your voice since you're the one I'm, I'm speaking to of, uh, of the four of you. Uh, Bobby Sue. What can you tell us about Bobby Sue? Well, you know, uh, after we after the success of Elvira, we wanted to find a song that could follow Elvira, and we felt like we had a tall, you know, uh, order on our hands, so to, so to speak. But uh, that a, a good friend of ours named Wood Newton, you know, who's a songwriter here in town, he wrote this song, Bobby Sue, and he and after the success of Elvira, he thought it would be a great follow-up, you know, to Elvira. So he got the song to us, and you know, and it also has kind of an interesting story. He he had a he had a young young. I believe a, a boy, you know, just a young baby that was just beginning to learn how to talk. And he, he kept going bop, bop, bop around the house all the time. And that inspired Wood to write the song Bobby Sue, bop, bop, Bobby Sue. And, and he felt like it would be a perfect follow-up, you know, to El 
Elvira. He got the song to Ron Chancy. Ron then played it for us, and we thought it was a great idea. You know, so we uh, we recorded the song once again, had a lot of fun. It was Ron Chancy's idea for me to do the Bubba Bobby part, you know, and I kind of adapted it, you know, to my way of doing things. And I guess it turned out okay because it, it not only was Elvira a big, you know, number one pop record, but, but, but Bobby Sue that followed it up then and also made it onto the pop charts as well. And it became another big record for the Oak Ridge Boys. And we almost always include Bobby Sue on our shows as well. So you can probably count on the fact that you will hear that as well when we come to Indiana. I heard about her from a friend of mine. back speaking with Richard Sturber. We just got done listening to Bobby Sue. I don't want to get off this interview without asking you about your most uh, recent um, album that you have out called 17th Avenue Review. Um, Sandy sent over over some of the stuff so I could listen to some of the songs. And uh, Brand New Star and Pray to Jesus were probably the two that stuck out with me. And, and there was one I can't think at the bottom that uh, Vince Gill co-wrote with someone um what can you tell us about your latest album and is it something that you're bringing into the stage with the show will we be hearing these songs when you come to indiana well you know to answer your i'll I'll answer the last part of your question first yes we've been doing some of this new music you know in our shows and especially the, the, the 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 songs that you mentioned especially the first one brand new star it's a very meaningful song you know it's a song it's a song that is touching a lot of people's lives you know and so we do it every night on stage and and it's affecting a lot of people because it has a very even though it's a very happy sounding song it's a song that has a, a very special way of looking at death at people dying you know and it, the song is giving a lot of people comfort you know so so yes we're doing some of this new music because it's very meaningful music and it's music that's touching a lot of people's hearts a lot of people's lives and it's helping a lot of people through some difficult times but but the, the, the project was produced by dave cobb you know and if you know anything at all about the music scene here in nashville right now you know dave cobb is, is hot he's he's very much in demand uh he does all of chris stapleton stuff you know uh He's done Jason Isbell. He, he's done stuff with the Zach Brown Band. And he's done a couple of projects now with the Oak Ridge Boys. And I, I do remember the day we sat down with him to talk about this new project. Uh, I'll never forget his words. He said, what I want you guys to do, he said, I want you to think of Elvis. He said, I want you to think of Jerry Lee Lewis, that old rockabilly kind of sound. He says, maybe even think of Ray Charles and some some of the old blues guys. Uh, He said, what was it about those guys that made them so special? He said, it's the same thing that makes you guys special. He said, the first music they ever did was in church. It was gospel music. So so he said, what I want to do on this project 
uh, he said it, 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 it does not have to be an all gospel project a lot of it will be he said but the most important thing is we want to go to church we want to tap into that feeling of going to an old time revival meeting on this project so that's what we did on the project you know you mentioned a couple of songs they're not all it's not all gospel a lot of it is some of it's the old hymns you know that we grew up on as kids going to church and going to Sunday school but some of today's contemporary country writers are also represented on this project like Brandy Clark and Shane McAnally wrote Pray to Jesus you know play the lotto you know that's not a gospel song you know, and, and then Vince Gill has a song as you said on the album our good friend Jamie Johnson has a song on the album you know there will be light you know so it's a, it's a nice mixture it's a nice balance of old time gospel and, and some contemporary country but, but the most important thing is we 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 recorded the, the, the album at RCA Studio A right in the heart of, of Music Row probably the most historic recording studio in Nashville you could feel the history in that room while we were recording but it was it was almost an, a religious experience it was like going to church and and that's what Dave Cobb wanted to try to to, 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 to to capture on this album and I think we did a pretty good job of doing it I think Dave, Dave Cobb is a genius you know I could talk all day about how great it is you know working with him because he's, he's a very, very special guy you know we recorded some songs on this project just the four Oak Ridge boys and his guitar you know because he wanted to capture the, the, the feeling of the Oak Ridge boys and the four voices you know blending together and I think he was able to do that so, so we're really very excited about this project 17 back in the revival and yes when we come to town we will include some of those songs as I said on the show as well okay yeah I, I, I really agree with everything you said that it, it captures that feeling of, of church to me I mean kind of kind of yeah, and, back and that's what you know that's what he wanted to do you know Dave Cobb and he knows what he's talking about his mother was a Pentecostal preacher and he he's been to his share of revival meetings himself so he knew what he was talking about <laughs> well I, I know time's getting short here but I've got two more questions I want to ask you and I know that I talk a lot so I'll try to no, I'll no, try, no, to, make my, I'll try to make my answers a little shorter no you're doing <laughs> fine uh, one of them is not just your relationship but the band's relationship with uh, the past president uh George Bush. Um, you speak about him a lot in your book. Um, I know you guys sang at his funeral. What what made the relationship with him and Barbara so special to you and the Oak Ridge Boys? Well, well they were special people. There's no question about it. They, you could not ask for two more wonderful people than George and Barbara Bush. And we got to become very good friends with them. We first met President Bush when he was the vice president. Believe it or not, way back in 1983, President Ronald Reagan at the time invited the Oak Ridge Boys to sing at the Congressional Barbecue on the lawn of the White House. And I remember that day we were doing a sound check on the lawn of the White House on the stage that they had set up there. And first of all, you know, when you were doing a sound check, looking around on the lawn of the White House, you knew this was not going to be a normal day. <laughs> this was going to be something very special. And it, and it, and it certainly was, and it turned out to be. But while we were doing the sound check, this tall gentleman with a few other gentlemen came walking across the lawn of the White House towards the stage. He came up on the stage. He introduced himself to the Oak Ridge Boys as Vice President George Bush. 
he did not have to do that. We knew exactly who he was. You know, but but he told us there that day that uh, he was a big fan of the Oak Ridge Boys. And he said, you know, fellas, I cannot be at the concert tonight. He said, I've got to fly to China, you know, on some place presidential business. So he said, would you guys be willing to do a couple of songs for me right here, right now? Because he, he said, really, I'm a big fan. And, and so we said, sure, Mr. Vice President, what, what would you like to hear? And then he started calling off songs, album cuts, like what we call today deep cuts, you know, not, not songs that were hits. And we realized then that he was telling the truth. He, he was familiar with our music, and he was a fan. We proceeded that afternoon to give him a little private mini concert right there on the lawn of the White House. That day, we established a friendship with him that lasted until he passed away just this past December. And, uh, and for like almost 35 years, we began, we sang for the for President Bush many, many times. Even after he left the White House, the four of us and our four wives would go to Kennebunkport, Maine, where they spend their summers. And we'd hang out with George and Barbara, you know, and, and, and it, was, it was just a wonderful time. And we always gave him private concerts right there in his living room. And he, of course, would always invite the neighbors over, you know. And it, it really was a special time. And he always wanted to hear Amazing Grace. That was his favorite song. And we sang Amazing Grace for him many, many times over the course of the years. Not too long before he passed away, he asked us if we would sing Amazing Grace at his funeral. And we promised him we would be, Mr. President, you can count on us. Regardless of wherever we are, we will be there. And, you know, it, it just so happens, you know, death never comes at a convenient time. You know, we were in the middle of our Christmas tour, uh, and, and, and when, he, when, when President Bush passed away. And once again, I, I mentioned you know, Spokane, Washington earlier, you know, in our interview, where, where the first place we ever performed, performed Elvira. Well, we were in Spokane, Washington this past December doing our Christmas show. After the Christmas show, we had to go to the airport, get on a private jet that was donated to us by a very dear friend. We flew to Houston, got there just in time to go to the hotel, take a shower. We went to the church, met there very briefly with George W. Bush and Jeb Bush, the president's sons, and they both thanked us for doing this for their father. We sang Amazing Grace for President Bush at his funeral. After the funeral, got back on the private jet, flew back to Kennewick, Washington, did another Christmas show that night. We, you know, uh, without any sleep and we did not miss a show in the process but the most important thing is we were able to keep our promise to president bush and and, and honor him you know at, at, at his funeral probably one of the greatest honors ever bestowed on us you know to sing that when we sang amazing grace there you know it was seen around the world really and what is what a special time a very emotional moment for the you know for us to you know to sing for president bush for the very final time but, but but just a tremendous honor as well yeah it was uh i remember watching part of that i had to work and watch it when i could on on the internet and uh 
I'm just just amazed that uh, you guys got to have that opportunity. With all the- it, was, it was it was a tremendous opportunity. There's no doubt about it. You know, and our friendship with, with President Bush over the course of the years has allowed us to do so many special things. You know, for example, we flew on Air Force One. You know, we spent the night in the White House. You know, so many wonderful things because of our friendship with him and with Barbara as well. Yeah, that's just the life that you guys have got to lead is uh, just absolutely amazing. I'll leave with one question here um, okay. and you can answer it for yourself or you can answer it for all of the Oak Ridge boys um, with all the people that you have met presidents uh, all the people that you perform with and done duets with if you could go back in time or even currently that's out there who would you guys want to sing a duet with that you haven't or that you were never able to you know that is a tough one. You know, because we, we, you're right. We've had we've had the opportunity to work with so many. You know, we've sung on records with Johnny Cash. You know, we've sung on a record with with Merle Haggard. You know, with George Jones. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And to be difficult, you know, I, I think uh, if I had to pick one person that we have not sung with that I before while he's still alive and still performing, I, I think singing doing a, on singing on a record with Willie Nelson. Would be an honor, you know. We, uh, he's he's a special guy, and, and Willie's getting up there in, in years right now, you know. Uh, but uh, you know, to, to sing with him would be uh, an honor. But, you know, but the list, you know, we, we've done it with so many people, you know. Uh, our good friend Kenny Rogers, you know. Uh, we, we've, we've you know we, we've sung with so many people, you know. Um, and it'd be hard to sing about just one. But I would have to say, uh, I think all my partners would probably agree as well. You know, Willie Nelson would be someone we'd love to sing with. I, I think that would be great. I think he's, uh, I can't think of the name of the song he does, but he does a, he does do a gospel song in his concert. So maybe that yeah. would be a good one for you guys to get together. Uh, yeah, we, we, in fact, you mentioned earlier one of the, you know, we, we've, we've won several Dove Awards. You know, we, we won a Dove Award just a few years ago sing, singing on a record with, with the Hag, with Merle Haggard. Just before he passed away, we were able to do it. And, 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 and we're so honored to be able to do it and, and ended up winning a double Award in the process. Thank you for the time out of your busy day. You have a great day and enjoy the time off you have until you get back on tour. Well, thank you, sir. Right. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye now. You've been listening to Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger. Sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. Join us the first Saturday of every month at 4 p.m. on 98.9 FM and WYRZ.org. Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with three locations, 1303 East County Road 200 South in Danville, 7410 West U.S. 36 in Danville, and 2238 West U.S. Highway 36 in Danville. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 310 310- 7-745-2700 or by going to their website hawkeyestorageunits.com